Hi, I'm Val Hart in San Antonio, Texas, founder of Val Hart and Friends at ValHart.com. Welcome to The Real Dr. Doolittle Show, the show for animals and the people who love them. I've been called a real-life Dr. Doolittle many times in my career as an expert animal communicator, behaviorist, pet psychic, and master healer. My mission and passion is to improve the lives of animals the world over by helping humans learn how to speak their language, how to understand their viewpoints, and heal. After all, our love of animals helps us be better humans, and the more balanced and healthy we are, the more balanced and healthy they can be, too. Be sure and look for my CDs on iTunes, and to find out more about my work and to receive your free Quick Start Animal Talk course, just go to my website at valhart.com. While you're there for a limited time, you can also apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And if you want to learn how to be your own Dr. Doolittle, check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system available now on my website at valhart.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today I'm talking with Tom Ingenio. He is a licensed acupuncturist and certified animal acupuncturist in New York and Maryland. He has a long list of impressive credentials, including being part of Baltimore's Channel TV 25 program on men and science and has lectured for several Johns Hopkins groups. He's helped treat FEMA rescue workers for both pain and emotional stress during the New York 9-11 rescue effort, and he also treats companion animals, including dogs, cats, and horses. He's worked with several Baltimore rescue groups and has even been a consultant to the Maryland Zoo. Tom has performed acupuncture on a rescued pit bull from Michael Vick, camels in Egypt, and a giraffe at the Maryland Zoo in Baltimore. He's also been published in the North American Journal of Oriental Medicine, as well as the Baltimore Dog Magazine and HealthyLivingNewYorkCity.com. Welcome, Tom. Hi, thanks for having me. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, what got you interested in acupuncture? What? How did that come about? Uh, you know, like um, <clears throat> growing up, I think I always wanted to be a doctor. Okay. And I was headed towards that direction. Um, and when I got to college, I took uh, an oriental medicine or uh, oriental philosophy class, uh, oh. you know, Taoism, Confucianism, Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And followed that up with a, a, a Tai Chi kind of uh, elective, and uh, something happened there. Uh, something clicked, and I said, "This is really good stuff." And I started to look around and, and found that that was kind of the direction I wanted to go. Okay. Um, through a weird twist of events, um, <clears throat> I ended up uh, running out of money at, at the first school I went to. Mm-hmm. Coming home, going to another school, still pre-med, still going that direction. Yeah. And in the mail, uh, a postcard showed up for an acupuncture school. Oh. And two weeks after I got that postcard, I was enrolled <laughs> in wow. that acupuncture school. Wow. So um, okay. the, the twist of events was uh, very much uh, my life path uh, unfolding yes. in front of me. Yes. So it, it worked out very well. Wow. Okay. So so you went into acupuncture, and then somehow you decided to do it on animals. Tell us about that. What made you decide to work with animals? You know, I, I, it was another one of those things that almost just fell into my lap and seemed so natural. Uh, um, <clears throat> acupuncture being all about balance. We, we look at it in, in every part of a human's life, and we look at it uh, in, in family relationships. And certainly, uh, you know, pets or, or 
companion animals, as I, I think a lot of people who are really in tune with animals would prefer to call them. Um, yeah. You know, they're they're part of the family. Yeah. And, you know, people may be out of balance, and their kids may be out of balance, and then their right. pets are out of balance. Yeah. Uh, so it, it always seemed natural that, you know, I, I see entire families here. Why not see animals? Mm-hmm. And uh, this was another thing that just lined up uh, with some great serendipity. Um, my wife and I had discussed moving to Maryland from New York, and I was filling out my application for Maryland licensure for acupuncture for humans. Okay. And on the website it said, acupuncture for animal certificate. I said, well, what's this? Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, two weeks later, I was signed up for the animal acupuncture course uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, in Maryland, and uh, I, I haven't looked back since. That was five years ago. Oh, my God. That's so awesome. I love that. You know, it's there's so many great um, modalities, healing modalities for people, and then why not offer them to our to our fur kids? You know, yes. we have we have fur animals that are in some cases even more important to us than our human family. Yes. <laughs> you know, so so we care about them and we want them to be healthy and happy and well. So that makes sense to me. I love it that you're doing that. Not all of acupuncturists do, and it's great that you do. So, um, okay, now I have another question for you. This is a little little off the topic, maybe, but can you tell us a funny story or maybe something embarrassing that happened to you? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've, uh, I, I have quite a few. Uh, so to pick just one, let's try to get one kind of in the realm of, of animal acupuncture. And, and this is kind of a, a question a lot of people ask uh, after they get through the initial "Does it hurt?" and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, I, I've been asked quite a few times if I've ever been bitten, and uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I will say it's it's only happened once. Okay. And it was before the treatment even started, uh, but I was trying to hide it from uh, the the owner. Um, I was treating a, a, a very um, very maladjusted poodle, oh, <laughs> I, I guess okay. is the way to put it. And I had walked in the door, and I had my hand hanging at my side, and and the little guy jumped up and and took a nice chunk of the, the meaty part Nailed of my palm. Oh, and I I sat there and and just pressed it against my leg and continued talking and uh I I picked my my hand up off my my jeans um and and I had a a, a huge blood stain <laughs> on my pant leg uh and the owner said, "Oh, how did that happen?" Oh, and I uh, I I said, "Uh I I didn't want to say this, oh, but well. your your little guy got a piece in me." <laughs> um but uh yeah, that that was the only time and it was not a uh a truly acupuncture related story because I hadn't even started the treatment yet. <laughs> so he punctured you before you punctured him. He, he yeah. did. He did it with a reverse treatment, if you will. <laughs> there must have been something in that point there on your palm. Um, you know, well, it was, it was an asthma and allergy point, kind of, and I, I don't know, maybe it was, it was springtime, so maybe I had a little, well, little hey. kind of stuff going on. So, so he was your. Uh, he was your uh, your your treat your treatment professional that day. Yes. Yeah. You just didn't know you needed a treatment. No, I, I was unaware of it. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> uh, I know personally. You know, I've been on site working with my clients' animals. Yeah, there's a lot of great stories about some pretty wild stuff that can happen. But yeah, well, good. Oh, all right. Wow. Thank you for telling us that. That's great. Oh, um, no problem. So let's talk about treating zoo animals. That really, I just, I can't even imagine. How in the world did you treat a giraffe? 
Well, you know, it was it was kind of a big story. Um, Gretchen was her name. Um, Gretchen the giraffe. Was, okay. Gretchen the giraffe. She was twenty three at oh. the time, and almost about once a week, you would turn on the evening news, and they'd mention that you know Gretchen's really declining. She's going downhill. Zookeepers oh. are trying everything. Okay. And at the time, I actually had a patient who was a zookeeper. Um, oh. And uh, you know, I. I I gave her a call and I said, you know, listen, I, I don't want to get paid. I, I really, I really want to try and help this, this mm-hmm. giraffe out. I, it doesn't, you know, I'm not trying to do it for publicity. And now that I'm saying that, we're talking about it on a radio show. <laughs> but uh, this is this is years later. Um, but she, um, she took a, a letter to to the head uh, vet there. Um, and the vet called me and said, listen, we're trying to do everything we can for this, this girl. She's yeah. one of the oldest in captivity. Uh, she was born with, with, uh, a couple of birth defects. Her, her front uh-huh. feet were turned in, her back feet were turned out. Oh, wow. And, um, she was stepped on after she was born by her mom. Oh, wow. Um, so she had quite a bit of arthritis pretty much in every joint. Yeah. Um, and I, I had the pleasure of, of treating her about five or six times and, you know, there, there's. She did get relief after each treatment. The only problem uh-huh. is, with that much tissue damage, with that much, you know, bone on bone wearing away. Yeah. Uh, she, she, uh, she only made limited progress. Okay. Yeah. It's unfortunate they weren't able to bring you in sooner or, or something. Well, like you know, that. I, I think that's the thing, and and this is for people and animals. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they call us last resort. Yeah. Uh, acupuncture can can do some pretty amazing things last resort. Yeah. Uh, but acupuncture is all about supporting the natural cycle of life. And when we get towards the right. end, right. well, maybe we can make that transition smoother. Yes. But we're not, we're not um, replacing joints. We're not, yeah. you know, <laughs> fighting, fighting 20-something years of uh, damage. You know, yeah. we, we can help support the person or, or the animal in that case. But, you yeah. know, it, it is something... Uh, she responded very well. The zookeepers were saying she wasn't eating. Every time I treated her, mm-hmm. uh, the first thing she would do is I, they had actually built a, a special, uh, it almost looked like one of those uh, magician's cabinets mm-hmm. that has the, the slots to cut women in half. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could open up all these panels and get to different parts of, of, of the giraffe. And they actually built mm-hmm. it for her, knowing that she would need it later on. I mean, they were wow. doing orthopedic hoof groomings and mm-hmm. uh, giving her all sorts of supplements and mm-hmm. talking about every specialist in the country that had anything to do with joint health or with larger animals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. she, really, uh, she really got taken care of very well. Wow. Uh, and and uh, it, it, was, it was such an honor to treat her. And I have to say, giraffes were, were such a beautiful... Uh, you know they're they're so beautiful they're so there's a there's a like a, a quiet regalness yeah. about them and and it's yeah. just it, it was great to be that close to them yeah wow oh, i you know I, I have a fondness in my heart for giraffes i remember as a kid you know being with baby giraffes and and being with them at the zoo and they're just such amazing wonderful sweet animals yeah i'm so glad you're able to help her Oh, you know, it was it was really it was really a great experience, and uh, yeah. I'm I, I offered up <laughs> my services anytime to them. Mm-hmm. Um, logistically, some of the larger predators that might need some help, uh, they were a little leery of letting me <laughs> in the cage with, yeah. uh, which is understandable. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Yeah, ooh, 
Um, I remember years ago, um, I used to work at Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation here in our area, and uh, working with the big cats and the, you know, the <laughs> the bobcats and the, you know, the razor sharp long teeth and the mm-hmm. claws. You know, they talk about acupuncture. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were a little frightening. Heavy um, on the puncture. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay, well, thanks for that. Uh, so, okay, camels. All right, I, we have to know the story about the camel. So, hey, well, th- this was great. Uh, my my mother-in-law has actually she's a uh, an expat. She moved to Egypt about uh, oh. thirteen, fourteen years ago. Wow! And and you know she takes people on tours all over all over to all the different sites. She'll take them up mm-hmm. and down the Nile, take them out into the desert, mm-hmm. uh, and and really give them a, a taste of true Egypt. Mm-hmm. So uh, she'd been begging us to go. Uh, and I said, okay, yeah, we'll definitely go. Uh, and this is uh, obviously a, f- a few years back, uh, prior to this this great, I think, uh, revolution for 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 Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we uh, <laughs> I, I said I'll definitely go, but I, I want to treat whatever's out there. <laughs> so definitely wow. camels, definitely these things. Okay. And we happen to be out. Uh, actually, you could see Saudi Arabia. Um, on the Red Sea, and, and some camels came by, and one of them had a, 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 a little bit of a, an open wound, and I don't know if it was a saddle, you know, from the saddle, or if it was from uh, something else. And we we just did a couple of treatments on him, uh, and they, you know, gave him some advice about washing it and cleaning it out. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, from what I heard from my mother-in-law, because she she actually has a house out there. She said that that camel was doing a lot better, and the owner was pretty happy about it. I mean, that awesome. was that was a big one. Wow! So, do you use a lot of needles when you're working with these enormous animals? No, you know, and people people also expect larger needles or, yeah. or thicker needles. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Yeah. I have a, a a book that talks about equine acupuncture uh-huh. uh, in China a few hundred years ago, and it's it's it looks like torture. I mean, they they basically yeah. tie the horse up to four posts. They have a large hammer, and oh. uh, they they have this needle in there that kind of comes out when you when you hit it into the into the horse. But uh, no, actually, I use uh, needles that they they put they put um, in in humans' ears. They're they're much smaller, very thin, mm-hmm. um, and and the theory is, uh, you know, we talk about chi and chi being the the life force that kind of keeps you healthy. Yeah. Uh, that circulates through the body and. Uh, as long as that's going, you're healthy. When it's out of balance, we yeah. put the needles in to correct it. Uh, you don't need big needles for that, and she exists on every level. So you don't need to go deeper. You don't need to use bigger needles. You don't need to use stronger stimulation. And certainly when you're working on an animal that you can't explain, hey, this might hurt a bit, mm-hmm. you, you want to cause the least amount of sensation possible. Yes, exactly. So it's, yeah. it's mutually beneficial. It's better for the patient. It's right. better for uh, the practitioner as well. Right, right. Yeah, good. Okay, that that's helpful. I'm going to ask you some more specific questions about how this works in a little bit. Um, but I also wanted to know about Michael Vick's rescued pit bull. Can you tell us more about that? What happened? Uh, you know, this is. <clears throat> I was working with a, a couple of rescue organizations, and there's a great one down here called Recycled Love. Um, yeah, if anybody has any extra money they want to throw in mm-hmm. in any direction, RecycledLove.org is a, is a great little uh, group. Um, okay. And after they split up Michael Vick's pit bulls, and you know they they were basically positioning them throughout the country. Okay. Um, I think it was in the 40s uh, the number that that he actually had. 
Um, Rusago Love got three of them. Uh, two of them were actually about an hour, hour and a half away from me. Uh, okay. And one of my friends actually got the opportunity to treat them. Okay. And I got to treat uh, one uh, that that was named Harriet Tubman. Uh, <laughs> okay. A very a very beautiful blue pit. Okay. Uh, sweetheart, very much a puppy. Um, and we were treating her for a little separation anxiety, a little uh, stress, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, because even uh, a change to a better environment is still a, a change. It's still change, and when you're already distressed, any mm-hmm. change can sometimes be more just more stress. I, I will say, fortunately... Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off no, there. No, go ahead. Uh, fortunately, she was uh, not... Not one of his fighting dogs, uh, but still had uh, quite a bit of <laughs> trauma. They actually took a, uh, a a power sander or a power drill and uh, filed her teeth down with that, um, thinking that that would somehow make her less dangerous. And and I can say, uh, you know, those those of you who know pit bulls and, and know bullies as a breed in general, uh, they're they're some of the, the they can be some of the sweetest animals. Uh, they're they're always puppies. Uh, they have yeah. just a very sweet, playful energy if they're yeah. if they're bred and, and of course handled right. Yeah. Um, and and certainly uh, the the owner who ended up adopting her, I, I believe, was the president of Recycle Love. He just he just liked her that much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she was such a sweetheart and uh, very funny with her. Uh-huh. Um, younger dogs, we we tend not to get to see. People call us end-of-life diseases and those kind of things. But yeah. she actually, uh, we we had one spot on her chest that's a big calming point. And every time I would put it in her, I'd get about 30 seconds of her laying down. And that was the calmest we could get her. <laughs> uh, just, just, she was about two years old, and even at two, pit bulls are, are still... Uh, you know, uh, in you know, awkward for their bodies and yeah, yeah, yeah they're being classic, lumbering yeah. around and playing. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, just big, big, sweet piles of mush and mm-hmm. uh, and muscle. Yes, That's a so lot funny. of muscle. I love it. Uh, that reminds me of my dog. He's pretty hyper too. Uh, so well, I'll have to learn that that spot. Uh, <laughs> that would be helpful. It, it's uh, in the middle. It's in the middle of the breastbone. <laughs> the middle of the breastbone. Okay. Yes. Dead okay. center, um, and uh, it's uh, it's they they say it's an influential point for the chi. Uh, okay. It's also directly over the heart, so the heart is the the seat of the emotions and actually the seat of the intellect. Okay. Uh, and and it can really help people uh, calm down. And and if we think about it, uh, there's an exercise that that humans can do, and I, I suppose you could do it on animals too, okay. uh, where you actually just take your fingers and lightly tap on your breastbone. And it's thought to to stimulate the the thalamus or, or thymus production, right, uh, and, right. and really help you calm down that way. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Uh, you know, in in body talk, which is one of the the healing therapies that I do, uh, the body talk system, uh, we tap over the heart. We tap on the breastbone mm-hmm. there, and I, and and it is connected to the thymus. Uh, so that's interesting. I I uh, did not know that that was connected also um, to this. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Good information. Yes. Good information. Thanks, Tom. Oh, no problem. All right. Um, uh, so, um, so Harriet Tubman improved. She got better. I, you know, is she, she. I almost, I almost think. Uh, in, in, and you'll see this in, in most animals. Yeah. They'll get better much quicker. Uh, okay. They tend, uh, they tend to be able to let things go a little bit better than humans. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And I, I, I'm sure you can probably attest to, to that in the most cases. Right. Uh, and you know she she really got what she needed very quickly. 
I got to see her about five times, six times, and and yeah, she's she's a happy dog from last I heard. Wow, I love that. That's such a happy ending to such a tragic story. And I know, yeah. you know, all of us who love dogs were horrified at, at all this that whole whole mess. Um, so it's good to know that people like you were in there recovering and bringing good quality of life back to those poor dogs. So thank you. Thanks. Oh, touches my heart. Okay, so this kind of leads us naturally into the next question I have for you, which is why do people seek out acupuncture for their companion animals? What's What are the typical things that they're looking for help with? You know, the number one thing, um, <clears throat> like I said, I, I tend to see a, a, a more geriatric population. The number yeah. one thing is arthritis. We have a lot of uh, dogs that, and, and this is a good thing, uh, they're getting better medical care. As they get okay. better medical care, they make it to older age. Uh, hip dysplasia, joint problems. Um, even even if that joint problem is post surgery, we have a lot of dogs that get uh, knee surgery or hip surgery. Yeah, we can we can definitely help with the recovery time there. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, <clears throat> there's quite a bit that can be done uh, for a lot of internal problems that manifest externally. Things like skin conditions, hot oh, spots, okay. allergies. Okay. Uh, and and because acupuncture works. On, on treating the 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 person or animal as a whole, yeah. we can really cover a lot of things that say, uh, you know, if you went to a, a, a traditional vet or, or a traditional doctor for a human would say, well, I'm going to give you this for your skin condition. I'm going to give you that for your joint pain. I'm going to give you right. this for your, your GI. Uh, right. Acupuncture within a few needles can kind of help that uh, on, on several different levels. That makes a lot of sense to me. That's really smart. I, you know, so, and I know in my own practice, Tom, I'm looking, I call it casting a broad net, you know, it's mm-hmm. because so much of what our animals are struggling with are actually, pick, they're picking up from us, right? So that's that human-animal body-mind connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if we fine-tune and get so specialized and so focused on just the one part of the animal, then we forget about all the factors that influence that part, you know, the the connecting bits, you know, that so we could have spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, or all factors thereof, or it could actually be something going on with their family that they're reacting to. Yeah, yeah, and, and, you know, that's, that's one of the things that they talk about in acupuncture is looking for uh, a, a common theme. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people that have GI disturbances, and I'm talking people because, you know, more people have experienced that. They might see it in their dog as well, but mm-hmm. a lot of people that have GI disturbances, they'll say, oh, that may be related to the lungs and, and issues like uh, sinuses, allergies, or yeah. skin issues, eczema, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Acne, those kind of things, and you'll see that in humans uh, in, and in animals as well. You'll see a lot of hot spots showing up on mm-hmm. on dogs that may occasionally get into things they shouldn't, or or have allergic things that end up uh, causing them diarrhea or constipation. These kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, makes a big difference. Yeah. Okay, good. So so that's why they seek it out. So what? So all these conditions can be treated. Um, what kind of results are typical? What do you see in your practice? What do you well, think? you know, certainly I, I tell everybody acupuncture is not a magic bullet. It's okay. not a one-shot deal. It's not a, a switch that you flip on and off. Um, I will say, 
animals across the board respond a lot quicker than humans do. Okay. Uh, my blanket statement for humans is give it five treatments and hopefully you'll see something. Uh-huh. For animals, I'm saying give it three treatments and if you don't see anything, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but in most cases you'll see something very significant after those three treatments. Okay, okay. Good. That's a really good rule of thumb. I know a lot of us, you know, we... We're kind of trained to take a pill and feel better, you know, or the, yes, yes. you know, or something like that, like that one magic little bullet thing, like you said, a switch on and off. Um, but in this, it's a more holistic, deeper, longer-lasting kind of a change, mm-hmm. and it takes a bit more time. So, uh, and I love that. I love your comment about humans taking longer. I found that true in my practice. Also, in fact, mm-hmm. usually the animals come in. They, my 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 clients come to me. Because their animals brought them to me, you know, somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, we resolve the animal issue really pretty quick. And then guess what's left? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the human yeah. part. And so that's where we wind up spending a lot of our time in rebalancing the, the person, you know, the family, the, the the handler, the caretaker, the trainer, the writer, the, you know, whoever it is, um, so that the animals can stay, you know, in a better balanced state, um, mm-hmm. which they can if their human is better balanced. Right, Very so true. makes a lot of sense. Okay, good. So, all right, so let's get into the nuts and bolts of it. So how does acupuncture actually work? Well, you know, I, I'll give you both the Eastern and the Western, and, and every time somebody asks me that, um, mm-hmm. sometimes the Eastern is a little too uh, out there for people to get. Uh-huh. Uh, so so we tend to, to back it up with some Western results, and I'm not trying to take away from the Eastern philosophy because it's been around as a collective system for, for close to 3,000 years. Um, The theory is uh, that we have this energy that I mentioned before that we call chi uh, that that runs through channels all over the body. And they're mapped out, and actually because of a Portuguese sailor, they'll oftentimes be called meridians. Uh, They're mapped out through the whole body running uh, north to south or head to tail in animals. Um, And when you have a condition, whether it's uh, psycho-emotional, whether it's spiritual, whether it's physical... Uh, somewhere in the body, that energy is not flowing smoothly. Okay. Uh, we place these needles in to correct that flow. Okay. Um, when that happens, the body can repair itself. It's not actually about us going after a disease or a specific condition. It's telling the body, hey, it's all right to work the way you're supposed to. Ah, uh, okay. Um, from a Western standpoint, uh, because a lot of those scientific minds, a lot of those real kind of rational people... Uh, well, I can't see chi, I don't feel chi, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. What we can say is we place these needles in the body and we see some very dynamic changes through a whole bunch of different systems. Okay. Now, the okay. biggest change that we see is with the the <clears throat> autonomic nervous system. Now, this is your fight or flight versus your rest and digest. Okay. Most of our diseases, especially for, for humans and animals in high-stress situations, come from being in that fight or flight response too long, too often. Uh-huh, okay. Um, after about 10 or 15 minutes, uh, and this does happen quicker in animals, uh, you'll notice uh, for humans that you actually slow down a bit, you feel a little bit tired, you feel relaxed, patients mm-hmm. often fall asleep, mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. with animals it may happen in the first 10 to 15 minutes. Oh. We switch into that rest and digest stage. Okay. Now during that rest and digest stage, uh, one, your brain waves change. You go from that mental chatter or focused, like I'm working, uh, type brainwaves to the, the deep sleep and meditation brainwaves. 
Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. You release feel-good hormones, uh, neurotransmitters, serotonin and dopamine. Mm-hmm. You increase circulation. What happens is your capillaries, and this is happening in animals as well, the capillaries open up, bringing in fresh blood. Fresh blood has everything your body needs to heal. Red blood cells, white blood cells, protein chains, oxygen, uh, antibodies, and, and even uh, great Western medicine will we'll, we'll travel to those areas that need to be healed more okay. efficiently. Okay. Uh, and on the way out, we're carrying out any of those byproducts of an injury or damaged tissue uh, or inflammation processes uh, out of that tissue to be processed and, and taken out of the body. So, so really, we, we get the systemic effect. Locally, we get an increased circulation where the needles are, but it does happen systemically as well. Oh, I love that. This makes sense. So the needles actually go into, you find uh, like a, maybe a stuck spot in the meridian or the channel? Yes, yes. Okay, um, and then that opens or clears that block or stuck, little stuck bit mm-hmm. um, and then powers through it so that the channel can work properly and flow. Mm-hmm. And that takes us out of the, uh, the fight-flight autonomic nervous system into the rest and digestion stage. And then we get all the other benefits of healing, which is we really only heal when we're in a resting and digesting mode. Mm-hmm. Right? So when we're, when we're in fight-flight and active work, you know, in our society, chronically stressed and sleep-deprived, <laughs> you know, uh, in our world, and, and we wonder why we don't heal, uh, as quickly as we should, but it's because we live in that hyper uh, vigilant autonomic nervous system mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. off so much that we don't have enough balanced rest and digestion time. Is, would that be an, a fairly that, that's very system? accurate? And if if okay. I can just add one more thing, we yes, talk please. a lot, uh, and and the more kind of modern uh, or or more I guess Western approach talks a lot about. <clears throat> Your, your adrenal gland burnout. Your adrenal glands yes. are, are the main, you know, hormone. Adrenaline gets, gets pumped when you're in that fight or flight stage. When there is right. no more, you, you kind of feel burnt out. And, yes. and we're seeing more and more animals like that too because really? their owners are stressed. They're in a stressful environment. Whatever it is, uh, they, they start getting that burnout. Wow. I, you know, this is near and dear to my heart. I was, um, I was diagnosed a few years ago in stage seven of adrenal exhaustion, mm. uh, which is the one right before you collapse of a heart attack. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, f- feeling like I was just about to be hit by the train, you know, I was on the track and the train was just about to run me over. So it's been a long uh, recovery process for me um, to repair and heal and, you know, not come out of the burnout and the, the stress, you know, uh, um, and, and find my way back to balance and healing also. So this makes a lot of sense to me. It's such a chronic, chronic I would say almost an epidemic um, in our I, I society. Think so. I think so. I think so. I mean, yeah. it's a lot of it's lifestyle and a lot of it is is just, right. uh, you know, our, our, our you have to be going all the time attitude, yeah. which isn't, uh, isn't really good for, for any living thing. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. It's not. Even our cars have to be refueled, right? Yes, very true. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a really good point. Okay, so that's another thing that acupuncture helps with. Uh, definitely. Got it. I love it. Thank you so much for bringing that out. I appreciate it. Um, so 
if our animals are, are experiencing things like that, or we ourselves, then we should consider acupuncture. Um, and uh, let me ask you this. Are there any conditions that you would not recommend acupuncture for? Anything that's you know, not good there, for? There's, there isn't a condition that I would say acupuncture can't help. Okay. But I would be leery in uh, severe uh, infectious diseases or, or things like cancer as a standalone treatment. We okay. definitely can help support a, a person or an animal with those conditions. But okay. I don't want somebody to think, once again, this might, you know, this is going to be the thing I do that's going to cure me. Uh, or, or this is going to be the thing that's going to cure my animal. Okay. Uh, certainly we want to be able to help, and we can. We definitely can help support, uh, the body and the, and the, the, the system, the systematic function and processing that goes okay. on within a person or an animal. But, to say it's a standalone treatment for those severe conditions, we don't want somebody or, or an animal missing something yeah. because they're refusing other modalities. Acupuncture is a, a, a great thing. It's very powerful. Yes, there are plenty of miraculous stories, okay. but it's always better, and especially with Western medicine. Western medicine excels in diagnosis, uh, so you have things monitored. You know what it is. You can look at it and, and tell what it is. Okay. Uh, okay. And and. I, I wouldn't say not to get acupuncture, but uh, consider it uh, part of a treatment plan rather okay. than a standalone therapy. Okay, okay, appreciate that very much. That's very good and good common sense too. Um, to add it as an adjunct and a support, um, but then also do due diligence to do yeah. anything else that's also also needed, you know, and appropriate. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, uh, so are there common questions that people really need to know or want to know about animal acupuncture? You know, it, it, the most the most common probably is uh, how do you get them to sit still? <laughs> um, certainly yeah. uh, some of that's breed dependent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. in, in most cases, that, that fight or flight to rest and digest switch that seems to happen, Mm-hmm. Uh, that first treatment is is kind of a getting to know you, uh, uh-huh. but after that, most animals will come to you, lay down, get ready for the treatment, and when they're done, they get up and they shake off. Uh, it, it's it's really <laughs> quite an amazing thing. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I love that. I, I was going to say, is there an acupressure point that you pop very first off to alter their brain and, and put um, them in a sit still down? <laughs> I will say there there is something, and and it's it doesn't happen with every animal. But you'll put a needle in, uh-huh. uh, and, and the dog or the cat will give you this look like, what is this and what's what? going on? Uh-huh. Uh, and it's, it's not that, ouch, you hurt me with that. It's, it's a very distinct, I feel something, uh-huh. and I don't know what it is. Uh-huh. And oftentimes, uh-huh. uh, we'll, we'll call that a chi sensation, and humans will report that. Uh-huh. They'll say things like, oh, I feel tingling, I feel warmth, I feel movement. Um, and that probably happens in about, you know, maybe 20 to 25 percent of my, my human patient population. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, okay, having uh, had acupuncture, I'm actually doing uh, work with an acupuncturist myself right now. Great. Um, but um, so let's talk about pain. I think that would be also a common question. I know that yeah. occasionally my acupuncturist hits me in a point and I levitate off the table. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is like, that is very um, style dependent. It's very okay. location dependent. Yes. Um uh-huh. the great thing about animals is mm-hmm. is they give us their back to work on. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of a lot of points there and fortunately there's not a lot of pain receptors. 
Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. You know, uh, if, if we think about it, uh, and and we'll, we'll talk from humans because people can relate to being humans more than they can relate to being animals. <laughs> a little harder, in, yeah. In most cases. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, um, but areas like the hands and feet and the face need to have more pain receptors because you want to be able to tell if something's touching them, something's hurting them. Areas like the back, listen, if you got a little uh, scratch back there, you don't, you don't really care. It doesn't bother you so much. Those pain receptors are, are spaced out more. Okay. Now, areas where um, it, traditionally in the classics they'll say where the red and the white skin meet, so we're thinking oh. the sides of the hands and feet. Oh. Uh, those are some very powerful points there. Okay. Uh, on, on dogs and cats, uh, because they have different numbers of, of uh, digits, uh-huh. uh, the points are located a little bit differently, okay. and they tend to be a little bit less sensitive. Huh, interesting. Okay. That's really helpful. I, I think some people would be worried about doing this because of the, the concept of pain, and some people are needle-phobic. Yeah, know, so, and, um, and I will say, if uh, if you get human acupuncture and you've had some pinches, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's just... The acupuncturist didn't get in as smoothly as it could. Sometimes that patient, re- that that point really needs to be stimulated. Uh, that's a, that's a mix of things. I will tell okay. you, uh, people who are treating animals really don't want that reaction because I can't. I I can explain to you that hey, this is a sensitive area. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. explain that to a cat or a dog so well or a horse. Yeah. So we really have to be careful when we do those points. Right, and, and you know, in my work, Tom, I'm an animal communicator, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I do is is prepare animals for this type of work or, or surgery or anything else that we're doing with them. But if they understand and know and 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 agree that they want the work, that they see value in it, and then we can tell them how to cooperate, you know, uh, so what we need from them uh, to get the best results and uh, to make it easy and give them a voice. So if mm-hmm. you do hit a pain spot, you know, instead of, clawing or biting you or, you know, jumping off the table and trying to run away or whatever they try to do to tell us, you know, that, that something's not right. Uh, mm-hmm. They could actually just say, you know, oh, ow, or, you know, oh, I felt that one. Or, you know, and then we could ask them, is it stinging, burning? Is it intense? Has it gone away already? It was just a momentary fleeting thing. Or mm-hmm. is there something else going on you need to tell us, you know? So it, it really makes a big difference um, in the and how they respond and how they cooperate for their own treatment. So, yeah, okay, good, good. So um, I think you touched on this earlier, but are animals actually harder to treat than humans in some way? Um, I, there, there's certainly uh, some some differences. Uh, I wouldn't say harder or easier. I, they do okay. respond oh, quicker. Okay, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So I do like that. I will say that you have to be a bit more flexible when treating animals. Uh, Sometimes they might have a guarded side and you can't treat that. They don't want you near it. It's understandable. Once again, sometimes we can explain to them. Sometimes we can't. (laughs) That I need to get, excuse me, that I need to get to that area even though it's going to be sore. Uh, Sometimes you'll you'll see uh, animals that are, uh, you know, uh, very nervous about the treatment and and it takes a little time to build up that trust. Yeah. Uh, so you you have to be just more cautious, more. I don't want to even use the word cautious. I'd say more flexible with the treatments. Okay. And 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 listen to what the animal's telling you, and and be able to adapt what they to what they need. Uh, and and really, if we talk about acupuncture specifically for animals, uh, if we look at the human model 
uh, and where they locate the points. It tends to be that we take a human, put them on all fours, mm-hmm. and get rid of a thumb or a, or a toe here and there, yeah. and try and figure out uh, where the points would fall. And, hmm. and that would be what the model we would use for an animal. Uh, certainly different uh, numbers of uh, thoracic, lumbar, and, and sacral, and actually they don't have a coccyx bone, they they have a tail in most cases. So right, right. You, you, you move some points around there, but in most cases it's it's very similar to human acupuncture. Okay. Uh, the treatments tend to last a bit shorter because, once again, oh, they okay. respond quicker, they respond better, and and I think I mentioned this earlier, they do kind of tell us when they're done. They'll stand up, shake oh. off, or, or say, hey, I'm done, and they'll you know, walk across the room and lay down over there. Oh, you know? uh-huh. uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Okay, okay. Oh, I like that you described how the pattern changes and how you change the model depending mm-hmm. on the body shape and type. That makes sense. Okay, cool. This is good info. I, I'm really appreciative of this. So huh, do you have any other tips for us that we could try or do for ourselves, like special points so we might could massage or, you know, do acupressure kind of things? Well, on you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, there's a couple of, of, of great ones. I'll, I'll actually give you three just general common ones. And I know we, we talked a little bit before we started recording yeah. about one that kind of exists between between the eyes okay. or, uh, you know, kind of right where, where the, the nose and the snout meet where the eyes are. Um, that's a big calming point. Uh, okay. It's great. Uh, a lot of animals really like being rubbed or, or, or massaged there. Uh, I have a little French bulldog. He's got a little little depression there, a little divot. He really just loves that being mm-hmm. rubbed. It's very calming for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another point <clears throat> is square on the top of the head. Um, you find kind of the highest point on the head. Traditionally in humans, this would be on, on, on the crown of the head, uh, and, and you'd find a little depression there. And you can massage that, hold, and press lightly for, you know, 10, 20, 30 seconds. Um, this point, because animals, it, traditionally in humans, and this is, they, they call this point a thousand meetings, and the, and the theory is <coughs> all of the channels and all the little channels that aren't even on the charts meet at the crown of the head for that thousand meetings. Uh, and oh. then kind of connect you to the universe. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Uh, because uh, most animals are quadrupeds, they have four feet. Right. Um, they're forward, so there's actually a high point on their back, on their hips, right on the spine. That high point is sometimes where they'll put uh, that, that thousand meeting point. Um, so you can actually find that high point in there. And not only is it great for calming, it's great for back pain and, and hip problems oh. as well. So it's a high point on the hips. Do you mean between? Yeah, yeah. You you go to the, the low back, or? just around the hips, uh, maybe just in front of the hips, and you'll you'll see a little high point if you watch an animal, dog, cat. Oh yeah, yeah. Is it on <laughs> walk the spine? by, uh, right on the spine. On the spine. Okay. Yes. Got it. Okay. Cool. Well, we could find that. So we've got between the eyes, um, right at the where the nose and the eyebrows kind of come together right there. Yes. Uh, we've got the top of the head, the highest point there on the crown, mm-hmm. and we have the high point on the hips there on the spine and the low back right in front of the, the hips, right? Yeah, and those right, those are that three that are, are real kind of simple to, to locate. They're simple okay. to find, and it pretty much, you know, I don't I don't think there's anyone on the planet, human or animal, that would say, oh, I, I don't want to be more relaxed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, on my dog, I'm going to be doing all three of these. 
frequently. Uh, he tends mm-hmm. to be a bit of a wild child. We call him a circus dog uh, <laughs> at times. Um, but then there are other dogs I know that are extremely calm, and yeah. they just don't get excited about much of anything. No, no. Uh, so, and, and certainly well, with, with these points, you can see which one works best for your pet and, and use that one. Uh, okay. The pressure doesn't have to be heavy. It can be light. It can be, uh, you know, a, a massage. It can be static. It can be you could just hold it there. Okay. Um, you know, listen to your animal, and they'll they'll tell you what they like. They will tell. They will indeed. If we're paying attention, they'll be happy to tell us. Um, are there points for pain, shock, or trauma? So, if our animal's been injured or is, has had something happen, with regard to treating shock and trauma, it, it really varies depending on what has happened to the animal. Uh, you know how severe it is, and 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 kind of where where the animal was hurt. What you know these kind of conditions. A, a general thing. Uh, once again, I would suggest those three calming points uh, yes. because they can help pull people out of shock as well as okay. animals. That's good to know. Um, okay. And uh, we did talk about that 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 uh, tapping the chest. Oh, that okay. tends to be a very soothing and, and nurturing thing. Uh, specific things like like getting hit by a car, uh, acupuncture can help with a lot of things. There's some things emergency medicine you just need. Uh, course, you know, yes. do do your best to get uh, your 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 animal to whatever appropriate services you need as quickly as you can. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would suggest the calming points because on on top of the the physical trauma that may have happened, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you do want to give them some some spiritual or, or emotional calming. While okay. that's all going on. Okay. Okay. Got it. That makes a lot and, of sense. Yeah, and that would be my best advice without getting into, oh, it's it's for a you know a dog that hurt its hip or tore an ACL or something like that. Right. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. So the three calming points and then tapping the breastbone on the chest. Yes. Got it. That helps. Um, okay. So speaking of which. Um, if we need an acupuncturist, how do we find a good local practitioner in our area if we're not lucky enough to be able to come to you? Well, state-to-state, <clears throat> uh, state, uh, the the laws for animal acupuncture vary. In some states, uh, it, they have to be a licensed vet, which is fine. Uh, in other states, you can go to uh, a, a licensed acupuncturist. Okay. Okay. Uh, Maryland is, you know, the state I practice in is is one of the few that I know about that actually has a dedicated certification for for animal acupuncturists as well. Hmm. Um, okay. So so I would I would check uh, with acupuncturists. I would search for an acupuncturist and ask if they know anyone. Uh, then I would call your local vet and ask if they know anyone. Oh. Uh, that would probably be, uh, you know, a little bit better uh, to get a, a personal recommendation rather than just do a Google search, which uh, I shouldn't say that. I, I'm on Google. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, you, yeah. you can definitely do a Google search as well. And, okay. uh, you know, just just ask ask around and, and see who, who has had good results and look for testimonials okay. and things like that. Yeah, yeah, because I know... You know, not everybody does as good a job as others. Um, so some have a lot varying ranges of uh, experience and mm-hmm. you know training and, and stuff. So we don't. You know, don't, every yeah. every factor uh, is, is comes down to uh, you know, do you like the person? Are they doing what you feel is in the best interest for your pet? Yeah. Um, I've been on several. I guess I'll call them practitioner auditions. 
uh-huh. where it's like you know they, they'll they'll call me and they'll they'll say oh this is you're the third guy that I've contacted or you know and 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 it really depends do you click with that person or yeah. or do you click with that animal yeah. I've had a, a couple of animals that maybe don't do well with with males mm-hmm. so it, it's okay well you know you're telling me this off the bat we'll see if we can treat them if we can't. Here's a friend of mine who who happens to be female, and 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 hopefully she'll be able to take better care of your animal than I can. And it's a logistics thing. It's it's yeah. you know at the end of the day, it's not who is who's doing the treatment. It's is your animal getting treated, and are they getting what you know results that that you want? You know, yeah. is that really coming out? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's that's very helpful. Okay. So, do you have any parting thoughts for us? You know, yes. One, I think acupuncture can really help a lot of animals. And and what I I tell everybody, and this is for humans and animals, go sooner rather than later. Uh, You know, I I don't tend to see a lot of puppies. I tend to be the last call. Uh, We we can do some great things. It's a lot easier when uh, that joint's a little creaky or that's a little stiff. Uh, then when your doctor's saying, hey, you need to get surgery on this, mm-hmm. or, uh, we don't think we can help. You know, it's, it's yeah. much easier when at first, you first notice things. Right. So, so look for the subtle things, get them taken care of. It should hopefully help you sidestep something major down the line. Yes. Okay. That makes and a lot of sense. And that's humans and animals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and I see that in my practice too. You know, I call those the Hail Mary. You know, the yeah. Hail Mary visits, you know, where they're, they've done everything else. And so now they're finally at your door and their animal's almost gone. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, so let's have some more information. Um, at more information for acupuncture for pets or humans. Um, everyone, uh, listening, you can go to Tom Ingenio's website at www.tryacu.com. Dot com, T-R-Y-A-C-U dot com. Is that right, Tom? That, that's right. That's the quickest one. That's my short one to, to kind of get you to the bigger website. AncientArtsWellness.com will also work. Oh, I like but, that. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Ancient Arts Acupuncture, I apologize. Yeah, AncientArtsAcupuncture.com. Um, Got it. But um, that Triacu, T-R-Y-A-C-U dot com will take you there. Okay. Uh, if you want specific animal acupuncture, um, <clears throat> My AcuPet, M-Y-A-C-U-P-E-T dot com. Uh, they all, they all roads lead to Rome, as they say. They'll all take you over to Ancient Arts Acupuncture, and you can get information about my human practice, my animal practice, uh, a link to my blog, a link to YouTube videos, a link to my Facebook page, awesome. uh, a link to my links. Uh, you know, <laughs> every, everything that, that you could possibly link to You're as we do in this, this yeah. social media network. Okay. Madness. Okay. Okay. I love that. Uh, you also have an iPhone app. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, I do. It's called Serene Mind. Uh, oh, it's, cool. it's meant to be a very uh, clean and basic tool for for people to, to help uh, meditate mm-hmm. uh, or, or relax or, or sleep better. Wow. Um, a simple cool. a, a simple tool. It's kind of like a follow the bouncing ball kind of thing, and expanding mm-hmm. and and contracting ball that you calibrate to your own breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And you can actually track your progress uh, each time you use it. It'll show you how long you did, how long your uh, inhale and exhale cycle was. Wow. Um, and and hopefully over time, what you'll find is that your your breathing rate slows down. Uh, your 
your heart rate will slow down. It will also show you how to calibrate that and, and keep track of how long you are meditating for. Oh, I like that. That's a, what a wonderful app. Sounds yeah, and, and we're hoping to uh, soon re-release it, make it a little bit prettier, and add some some other goodies in. So cool. Okay. If, if you don't buy it now, keep an eye out for it later. Okay. So the app is called Serene Mind. S e r e n e m i n d. That's correct. Right, and you can get that on iTunes. Uh, and then you've got a book. You've got a book coming out. I, I got a book coming out, and and we're shooting for. Uh, End of the summer date uh, okay. for publication. It's okay. called uh, You Got Sick, Now What? Okay. And in that, we discuss seven secrets, some we're calling them, uh, for more ample medicine to help you kind of beat the cold and flu. Okay. Uh, shorten the duration of uh, and, and symptoms, hopefully. Okay. Uh, we cover everything from some, some, some good old-fashioned Asian cooking mm. uh, to some Qigong, which are breathing and, and meditation exercises that are to stimulate the immune system and hopefully open up the lungs and sinuses, cool. uh, to at-home acupressure, um, uh, and some other uh, some other neat things like cupping, which is uh, taking glass jars and actually adhering them to the to the back and, and the chest uh-huh. uh, to kind of pull the toxins out. Moxibustion, which is an herb that we burn on or near the surface of the skin. Okay. Uh, that has a strong antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal Ooh. property and, and it also can help you uh, stimulate your immune system. Wow, I like that. Okay, oh, wow. So you've got lots of great stuff. You've got a book coming out in the summer of 2011 called You Got Sick, Now What? Sounds like a great book. I definitely want to get a copy of that. You've got the iPhone app called Serene Mind and we've got all these wonderful um, websites and blogs and stuff. Uh, at tryacu.com, and then you said the one for pets is acupet.com? Myacupet.com. My, my if you my just go to tryacu.com, okay. uh, you will see a tab for pets, Great. and, and that's, that's going to take you right there, too. You'll see a lot of photos from uh, the giraffe, and uh, I don't think I have any of Michael Vick's dog up there. I'll have to oh. find some of those. Okay. But, oh, uh, rabbits, dogs, horses, uh-huh. Uh-huh. cats. Oh, I love that. Okay, good. Oh, God, I gotta go right now. I wanna go, I wanna see the pictures. So, okay, everybody, thank you. Um, and thank you, Tom. Uh, thanks oh, for thank being you. with me today. Thanks for the wonderful work you're doing to balance the planet, uh, one animal and person at a time. And, uh, anything else you wanna leave us with today? No, I, I have to say thank you. I really had a great time. Good. Well, I think, uh, this, your work is very valuable and I'm so glad that you're doing it. So, thanks. Oh, well, thank you. All right. Well, um, we will uh, look forward to hearing more from you. So uh, keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you later. Great. Thanks, Tom. Take care, everybody. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, go to valhart.com forward slash blog. And if you're someone who values a non-invasive, holistic solution to resolving problems with your dogs, cats, and horses, and you want better-behaved, healthier, and happier animals, just go to my website at valhart.com to apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment session. And be sure and remember to look for my CDs on iTunes. Learning how to talk with animals is fun and will change your life. So while you're there at my site, get my free Quick Start Animal Talk course and check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system. 
May the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life. Thank you.